Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Again, welcome to a Baltimore Ravens edition of the show today. My uh, my fellow Ravens nation, fellow Ravens fans, I hope all of you out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope all of you out there were safe. I hope all of you out there ate, but I hope you didn't eat too much. But I think we had enough of Sunday night and what and what took place at MT Bank Stadium on Sunday night football against the Cleveland Browns. I think we had our fair share of stomach bubbling, bubble guts, hearts racing like it ain't nobody's business as we've had throughout this entire season. And I just hope that all of you fellow Ravens fans out there had your heart rate medicine ready. Which I know you did, because that's what this because that's what this 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 wonderful team in purple and black does to us almost every damn week. They do this to us. It is what it is. We just got us as fans. We just got. We just need to learn to live with it and learn to do it with it. But with that being said, here are, here are my takeaways from a very 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 ugly but old school. AFC North win for for our Baltimore Ravens in week 12 over the Cleveland Browns. I want to start with this. For this football team to go out and win this game in the manner in which they did, despite Lamar Jackson turning the football over four times, throwing four picks, all four of them were, were just were were bad. All four of the all four of them were bad in general. They were just bad. But for this team to go out there and win this game despite Lamar Jackson's struggles shows how truly good this football team really is. Like really it does. This defense, this ball and I'm I'm being dead serious when I say this. This Baltimore Ravens defense is ridiculous. I mean they they are ridiculous ridiculous okay and i'm going to talk about them a little bit more later on in the show but this ravens defense was ridiculous okay number two if you look at the stat sheet okay if you look if you look at the stat sheet of this game the ravens out they out time of possessed cleveland by 15 minutes 37 minutes to 22 they outgained cleveland by 40 yards Cleveland had 60 more passing yards than than we did. The Ravens def, the Ravens rushed for 108 more yards than Cleveland. Had eight more first downs than Cleveland. And had 20 more total plays than Cleveland in this football game. So in 1 2 3 4 5 in 5 of the In five of the nine categories, in five of the nine categories, the Baltimore Ravens just flat out outplayed Cleveland. If the Rave, if Lamar Jackson only throws one interception, maybe maybe just two, the Ravens win this game going away. The Ravens win this game going away. Period. Okay, 
But I say all of that to say this. The turnovers have to stop. The turnovers have to stop. Here's the other thing I want to mention, too. Patrick Queen, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, young man. Since Patrick Queen moved over to the will linebacker position and he does not have the responsibility of playing that middle linebacker position like he did in his first year here last year. Patrick Queen has been flying all over the field like a missile. And it is just, it is unbelievable. Watching Patrick Queen play over the last few weeks has been unbelievable to watch. Unbelievable to watch. Here's the other thing that I want to mention about this offense. And I want to mention this about Lamar Jackson. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. The one thing that I realized or that I'm realizing about Lamar, and I don't know if a lot of you other Ravens fans are realizing this. If you aren't, then I'm going to mention it to you. If you are, then don't even pay attention to what I'm about to say. The one thing that I'm realizing about Lamar, more so over the last season and a half going coming into now, not so much the second half of his rookie year, but I say 2020 all the way up to right now, is when Lamar makes a mistake late in the game or at a crucial point in the game, he will literally flip a switch and it'll and it'll click in his brain that you know what I've made these two mistakes I've gotten strip sacked or I've thrown a pick or I've, or I've fumbled twice or I've thrown two picks it's time for me to switch my game up and the one and I say that because he will go from turning the ball over multiple times in the first half to late in the game once he realizes he's made those mistakes he doesn't continue to make them and instead of him using his arm he will use his legs to put the game to put a game away, which is exactly what he did late in the game on Sunday night against Cleveland. When he threw those four picks, he started to realize, and I also think Greg Roman realized realized this too. When Lamar started, when Lamar understood that I got that um that I got to stop turning the football over. He used his legs to eventually put the game away and drain the clock down to the point where to the point where the game was still nerve-wracking. It was it it, it definitely was still nerve-wracking. It it definitely still was nerve-wracking. But Lamar put the game away to the point where all the defense had to do was get one stop. And he put the game away with his legs knowing that his arm wasn't getting it done. It takes a lot of it it takes a lot of maturity as a football player to realize that if one aspect of your game is not flourishing to the level that you feel it's capable of flourishing, you got to go you got to go and you got to pivot to another side of your game that benefits you and that works for you. And Lamar does that he's done that a lot this year when he's made mistakes with his arm he's had his he's had his legs to rely on and that is a that is huge for the ravens down the line that 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 is very 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 huge very huge
And but also, also, like I said before, I want to talk about Mark Andrews real quick. Mark Andrews is legitimately, legitimately one of, if not, and you can make the argument, the best tight end in pro football right now. Period. He is, he is, I can, and seriously, I really, really mean this. I really truthfully mean this. Mark Andrews made one of the best catches that you will see all year in this game. Ronnie Harrison was all over him like a cheap suit on a, on a pass interference penalty that took place, if I'm not mistaken, late in the first half of this game. Late in the first half. Ronnie Harrison was all over him like a cheap suit. And, and for Mark Andrews to still catch that football with one hand as he was being interfered with was just unbelievable. Thank God for Mark Andrews. Thank you. Thank God for Mark Andrews. And thank God for Ozzie Newsom. Thank God to Ozzie Newsom for drafting Mark Andrews when he did. Okay. Thank, thank you, Ozzy. Thank, th- thank you, thank you, Ozzy. Appreciate it. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, Ozzy. Drafted Hayden Hurst and he drafted Mark Andrews. Thank you, Ozzy Newsom, because Mark Andrews is clearly showing how valuable, uh, how valuable, and how so much of an of an important piece he is in this offense. And then not only that, late, later on in the game, Mark Andrews caught a touchdown pass. I don't know how the hell he got his wide. I don't know how the hell he got his wide open as he did, but he did. So again, Mark Andrews is clearly one of, if not the best tight end in pro football. It's just that damn simple. Lamar Jackson is growing and growing and growing and growing more and more and more as a starting quarterback for this football team because of the four mistakes that he made in this game and the Ravens outplaying the Browns in five of the nine categories in this game, even though Lamar made those mistakes for about three quarters, he made up for it with his legs and tried to put the game away to the best of his ability. And the Ravens come away with a 16-10 to AFC North old school victory. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why Lamar Jackson, despite all that positive stuff that I said about him, while Lamar needs to clean up those turnovers, and he needs to clean them up now, come playoff time, okay? And also, I'm going to tell you guys why this Ravens defense, hands down, is a playoff caliber defense, and also and also, I'm going to give you guys my keys for week 13 in the for week 13 and the Ravens match up with the Pittsburgh Steelers that's coming up stay tuned all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show as you guys heard earlier on in the show I praised Lamar and I gave Lamar so uh so much so much credit um and he deserved it by the way for at for over the last season and a half maturing as far as making mental in-game adjustments as far as knowing when to protect the football when he's constantly made mistakes and turned the ball over during a game. But at the same time, got to give Lamar some criticism too. And Lamar, 
at the end of the day, Lamar could, Lamar could care less about anybody else's criticism but his own. But at the end of the day, you know, I got to do what I got to do, you know? So with that being said, those four interceptions, Lamar cannot do that come playoff time. He cannot turn the ball over four times in one game because come playoff time, if the Ra- if Lamar turns the football over four times in a playoff game, the Ravens are going home. Lamar knows that. John Harbaugh knows that. Greg Roman knows that. James Urban knows that. So the fact that Lamar knows that shows me that he cares. He even said it himself during a press conference. He was like, I'm hot because because I'm turning the football over and those and if I don't turn the ball over those are points that that the Ravens left out there on the field and luckily for the defense playing as well as the defense has played thank God for this defense we the Ravens came away with a much much needed AFC North old school victory but like I said before Lamar knows he knows that he can't turn the football over like that because come playoff time, if we play a team like like Kansas City in the playoffs, or we play a New England who's playing who's been playing very, very well recently, those teams will make us pay for it. So Lamar knows that he can't turn the football over. And he's going to go back. He's going to go back into the lab. And he he even said it himself. He, he said it on Twitter. He was like he was like, Ravens Nation, I'm going to go back into the lab, WTF. And the fact that he cares and that he knows that he can't continue to make those mistakes and he wants to get better, I appreciate that from him. And I appreciate that from him so, so much. And I saw this on Instagram like a few days ago or like, yeah, well, actually, no. I saw I saw this on Instagram like, a few hours after the game was over, where 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 Ravens fans were say, were saying that yeah we won the game, but Lamar can't keep turning that ball over like that. Or yes, Lamar Jackson turned the football over, but thank God we won this game. So at the end of the day, like I said before, at the end of the day, Lamar knows he can't turn the football over as much as he turned it over in this game because he knows come playoff time if he does that, the Ravens are going home. That's that's obvious. So, but speaking of this defense, man, I want to throw some numbers out here to you guys about this Ravens defense. I'll throw some numbers out there to you guys real quick. In the last three games defensively for this Baltimore Ravens football team, they have allowed 18 points per game, allowed 64 yards rushing a game, and have sacked the opposing team's quarterback nine times. Now, I get it. It was against the Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, have actually been playing well the last three to four weeks. Okay? It was against a not really good Chicago Bears team whose offensive line was really, really poor. And it was against a banged-up Cleveland Browns team. And I get that. I totally get that. But at the end of the day, the Ravens play who they have to play on their schedule. It's just that simple. The Ravens play who they have to play. The Dolphins have professional football players too. The Bears have professional football players too. The Browns have professional football players too. Like I said before, all three of those teams 
have professional football players on their roster too. Dolphins, Browns, Bears. So, you know, let's not act like these are varsity. <laughs> these are these are J, these are JV guys. Or these are JV teams. Yes, yes, they're either below average or average, but they're still professionals too. And for the Ravens to go out on defense and play as well as they have played recently, yes, we lost to the Dolphins, but for this Ravens defense to go out there and play to the level of their capability despite the secondary being as poor as it is, that that this defense bottom line, this defense is a playoff caliber defense. There's no question about that. There's absolutely no question about this Ravens, this Ravens defense being a playoff caliber defense, even without Marcus Peters. With Marcus Peters, this this defense will pro- would, would probably be a Super Bowl caliber defense. I'm not talking all time. I'm talking about for this year. If the Ravens had Marcus Peters, this defense would be a Super Bowl caliber defense. But the fact that we don't have Marcus Peters, I would say for right now, this Ravens defense is a playoff caliber defense. And also, I want to throw this out there to you guys. For the Raven, for this Ravens defense this past Sunday to go into their home stadium and for them to hold Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to a total of 40 yards rushing. I want to read these numbers to you guys. Kareem Hunt had seven carries for 20 yards. Nick Chubb had eight carries for 16 yards. Okay? For this Ravens defense to hold that the number one rushing attack in the Cleveland Browns, who rushed for 151.6 yards a game, for this Ravens defense without Calais Campbell, to hold that number one, the number one rushing attack in the league with, uh, with the Cleveland Browns, to a total of forty yards. That is unbelievable. Like that is truly unbelievable. If the offense can catch up to how well this defense has been playing recently, there is no doubt in my mind that there is no limit to how far this Ravens football team can go in the playoffs. And also, here's another thing that I want to bring up to you guys real quick. Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen has been playing out of his skull. Okay? Patrick Queen has been playing out of his mind ever since the Minnesota Vikings game. And here's why Patrick Queen has been playing as well as he's been playing. Because he does, he's not, he doesn't have the responsibility of playing the Mike linebacker position, i.e. middle linebacker position. He's playing the Will linebacker position, meaning that's more so a freelance position of see ball, get ball. And that's why Patrick Queen has been playing so well. He doesn't have to think about where everybody else has to be. That's Josh Bynes' responsibility. So where, so where, so that's why Patrick Queen 
or that's why you've seen that's why you guys have seen Patrick Queen play as well as he's played recently because he's playing he's playing a will linebacker position where he doesn't have to think all he has to do is just go out and play and use his athleticism and wherever the ball is that's where he goes the ball's coming up that B gap go through that B gap and knock that running back on his ass or chase him down sideline to sideline and that's the same thing that he did at LSU See ball, get ball. And that's why he came out of college as one of the best middle linebackers in all of college football at LSU. And so I'm just, I'm so proud of this defense. They have played so, so well. And if the defense, if the offense can just catch up to this defense, there is really no, there is really no limit to how far this football team can go despite their flaws. And despite their injuries, and also because of how wide open this AFC this AFC is, as far as the playoff picture goes. But coming up, but next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you guys my keys to the Ravens Steelers matchup this coming Sunday at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. First key, the ball, first key, Lamar Jackson needs to know where Minka Fitzpatrick is at all times. Okay, yes, yes, is this Steelers secondary really not all that great? Yes, it's not. But at the end of the day, Pittsburgh is not going to Pittsburgh is more than likely probably not going to have Joe Hayden out there. But still, you got to worry about Minka Fitzpatrick. Ever since Minka was was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers from the Dolphins, he has been a playmaking machine. So Lamar needs to worry about where Minka is out there on that field at all times. Next up, run, 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 run the football. Pound the hell out of the rock. T.J. Watt more than likely probably won't play in this game because of the fact that he's on the COVID reserve list. He's gonna so he's gonna be out for this game. So that means that you can run to the outside. You can double team Cam Cameron Hayward and run up the middle if you need to. But the Ravens need to run the football and they need to establish the run game. Next up, Lamar. Which 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 the next up, Lamar Jackson needs to protect the football. Which brings me back to my Minka Fitzpatrick point. Lamar needs to know where Minka Fitzpatrick is and be aware of where you throw the football. Lamar needs to throw the football in an area where either Hollywood or Rashad or Mark Andrews can get it or nobody can get it. Protect the football. Lamar knows that. I believe he's going to do a better job this Sunday than he did uh, this past, uh, this coming Sunday than he did this past Sunday as far as turn as far as protect as far as um turning the football over and protecting it. Next up, the Ravens' offensive line needs to protect Lamar. The Ravens are second in the league in sacks allowed with 31. Protect Lamar Jackson. T.J. Watt being out of this game is huge, but at the same time, they still have Alex Highsmith. They still have Cameron Hayward. Okay, so Pittsburgh could probably still get after you, but still at the end of the day, T.J. Watt being out, is really, really huge. And also, what's the best way to slow down a pass rush? Run the football. But next up, next up, ladies and gentlemen, my next key. Contain Najee Harris and this Steelers running game. Well, here's the thing about that. The Ravens really, really won't need to contain him because, because, Pitts, because Pittsburgh is containing themselves in the running game. Pittsburgh has the 28th ranked rushing offense in the league at 87.1 yards per game. Guess what? Front four. Calais, Brandon, Pernell McPhee, Odafe Owe, Justin Ellis, Justin Matabuki. Those numbers that I just read to you guys, 28th in the league in rushing at 87.1 yards rushing per game, keep it that way. 
I don't expect I don't even expect Pittsburgh to sniff to sniff 80 yards. I don't. I really, really don't. Which brings me to my number one point. Get to Big Ben. This the the pass rush of the Baltimore Ravens. Jalen Ferguson, Justin Matabuki, Justin Houston, Tyus Bowser, Odafe Owe. Get to Big Ben. Pittsburgh ranked 17th in the league in sacks allowed with 24. Okay? They're not good. They're not bad. They're dead center in the middle. This front four, you've sacked the quarterback nine times over the last four over the last three weeks. Keep it up. Keep it going. Because Big Ben at this point in his career, he is a statue. And what is the best way f- to get a Steelers offense off the field and keep them on the sideline. Force Big Ben, force Big Ben to either get rid of it before he's ready or put him on the ground, period. It's just that damn simple. And not only that, like I said before, this game is meant for the Ravens to win. Okay? Get to Big Ben, put Big Ben on his behind because Pittsburgh has playmakers on the perimeter. Jane, they got James Washington. They got Chase Claypool. They got Deontay Johnson. They have Pat Fryer move. They still have playmakers. Big Ben can, Big ben can still sling it a little bit. But for the Ravens to have success on the defensive side of the football, they need to get to Big Ben and get to him early. And I believe that they will in this game. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, Ravens Nation, you know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2008. Why do I bring up the year 2008? Because obviously that is the year that we hired John Harbaugh as head coach. And that's when from about 2008 to 2011, John Harbaugh's first four, first three or four years here, that's when you really started to see the Ravens-Steelers rivalry. But 2008, the Ravens play the Steelers three times during that year, twice in the regular season, once in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game. But I bring you guys this scenario. What if the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers had split both of those two regular season meetings in 2008. If that happens, and they do split those two meetings, do the Ravens win the division? And not only that, instead of the Ravens having to go to Pittsburgh to play in the AFC Championship game, does Pittsburgh come here and play the Ravens in the AFC Championship game here in Baltimore for the first time ever? Again, just saying, what I'm just saying, what if, if the Ravens, if the Ravens win one of those two regular season meetings, do the Ravens win the division and do they host Pittsburgh in the AFC championship game come January of 2009? Again, you never know. I'm just saying that's why this is what if, that's why this is what if, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, here is my prediction for the Ravens at the Steelers. We all know how, how physical this rivalry is and how physical this rivalry has been for the last decade, and it is never going to change. It is never, ever, ever going to change. I believe this game will be close. 
because it always is close between the Ravens and the Steelers. I believe this game will be, will be physical, and I believe this game will come down to which team's quarterback uh, limits the amount of turnovers in this game because both teams' defenses are going to show up because you can't fool – Ravens can't fool the Steelers. Steelers can't fool the Ravens. This game is simply going to come down to which team wants it more and which team can execute at the most crucial moments of this game. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this game. It's going to be close. It's going to be physical. It's going to be ugly somewhat. But that's okay. Us Ravens Nation, we love ugly football. We love, we love, we're in, we're in, we're in a division of ugly. Okay? The AFC North is, is, is the AFC North is, is the, is the division of ugly. It is what it is. And it's been that way for a long damn time and it is never ever going to change. But the Ravens win this game. They come away victorious at Heinz Field. Ravens win 24 to 21 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in, Ravens Nation. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. I hope all of you out there stay safe. I hope all of you out there continue to socially distance yourselves and wear your mask. Thank you for listening. I hope you all enjoy this weekend, as I know I will football-wise. Ravens Nation, I love you. I'm out. Peace.